Let's open the Holy Scriptures to the book of Psalms. We're going to read Psalm 25 in the Pew Bible, page 582, page 582. David here reflects on both his own sins and on the Lord's grace, and that will be brought out in our sermon this morning. Of David, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, He instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble His way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep His covenant and His testimonies. For Your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. O oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. The sermon will focus on Psalm 25, the, or the verses 6 and 7. I'd like to read that with you once more. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. That's our text, and in response, we'll sing from Psalm 25, the third stanza. Church, of our Lord Jesus Christ gathered here in Ancaster. 
How is your memory? Some of us suffer, at least at times, from short-term memory loss. Others of us can't really remember names all that well. For others, it's faces they forget rather quickly. On the other hand, some of us have memories like elephants. We can remember even sermons from years ago. Others struggle to remember last week's sermon. Well, if there's one thing a lot of us have difficulty forgetting, it is our sins, the sins of the past. When you've done something specific, something that's wrong and you realize that, when you've crossed a line and committed some particular sin against a person or maybe against the Lord or possibly against both, that kind of thing usually sticks in your conscience like a bad toothache. And you are properly filled with regret for your words or your deed. You, you wish you could get back what you did, take it back and undo it, but you can't, and so you, you fret over the damage you've caused or the offense you've given. Even if you've apologized and asked for forgiveness, it can be that you feel so badly for what you've done that you carry guilt around with you like a suitcase. You ever have that? That certain things you've done are just so hard to forget their memory fills you with pain and regret, and it just stays with you. Well, this morning in our text and here at the Lord's Supper, we are called to remember a certain something as well. In fact, this whole meal here is geared toward our memories. The Lord Jesus commanded us, do this in remembrance of me. And when we break the bread and drink the wine, then we say, take, eat, remember, and believe. Take, drink, remember, and believe. We've got to remember something. What is that? Well, we have the privilege, beloved, and the joy to remember the covenant that God made with us sinners in order to purge and redeem all our memories. And so I preach to you this word of the Lord, come celebrate God's covenant with sinners. We are to remember what God remembers, and we need to remember what God deliberately forgets. Those are our points. Well, we're dealing here with David's writings in Psalm 25, and David we can see, is clearly chastised by his, the memory of his own sin. He talks about that remembering a number of times. Verse 7, he asks God not to remember the sins of his youth. That would be the sins that he did in rashness and thoughtlessness. But he also focuses on sins of later years. He describes them in verse 7 more generally as, Remember not my transgressions. 
We know, for example, that David was at least 40 years old when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. In verse 18, he prays, Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. And then in verse 11, right in the the heart of the psalm, he cries out, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Here is a man, brothers and sisters, who knows his sin. His sin bothers him. Also the sins of the distant past. Here is a child of the Lord who is tormented by his guilt inside and out. He's tormented by how much offense he's caused God by his wickedness and by his betrayal, by those acts, those lustful thoughts, those evil words. They haunted him still years later. His guilt weighs him down. He knows what he should have done but failed to do. What does such a person have to hang on to? What what hope can he hang on to? How do you get out of something like that? I mean, if you've sinned against God, even deliberately as David did, he knew what he was doing consciously, knowingly, committed adultery, lied, covered it up, murdered, What then will you appeal to when you are called into God's courtroom? Is there anything that you can bring up to offset that oppressive memory of your own sin and your own guilt? What hope is there for a sinner before the holy God? Well, the answer is in verse 6 of our text. Remember your mercy, O Lord. And your steadfast love, for they have been of old. David appeals to the Lord, to Yahweh, his covenant God, and specifically to Yahweh's mercy and his steadfast love. David remembers how God made a covenant with sinners, how God made a provision in that covenant to cover over the sins of His people. And that provision is in His own mercy and His own love. O Lord, remember those two things as You deal with me in Your courtroom. This text here helps us get the right perspective on God's covenant and on His covenant law. When God made His covenant, He didn't make it with perfect people. He didn't establish it with sinless individuals or flawless humans. He came and established His covenant of grace with fallen Adam and later renewed it with a fallible Noah. He later on made it with the moon worshiper Abram from Ur of the Chaldeans and still later with the two-timer from Isaac's tent named Jacob and later still with a whole nation of rebellious slaves at the foot of Mount Sinai. Sinlessness was never a requirement to be a recipient of God's covenant promises or to benefit from those promises. You know what you need to benefit from the promise, the promise of forgiveness of all your sins? You know what you need? You need what David had. You need humble faith. 
a faith in which you agonize over your sin and in which you look to the Lord to save you from that sin. You need the teachable spirit, David writes of in verse 4, a spirit that desires and strives to live according to all of God's commands. Verse 4, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, he prays again. You and I, we need to fear the Lord like a child fears his father and desires to be instructed in his way. David says it clearly in verse 9, The Lord leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. The arrogant need not apply. God's salvation is not for the proud. It is for the humble. It is for the poor in spirit, as the Lord Jesus would later teach It is for those who are tortured in their souls, the wretched sinners who are bothered by their transgressions, but who trust in the Lord's mercy and love. All such people are welcomed into God's family, everyone. And in that humility, you need to remember, beloved, what the Lord remembers. What does the Lord remember when He deals with Wretched sinners like us who come to Him in that humble faith, He remembers His great mercy. He remembers His own steadfast love, which are from of old. And He deals with us in compassion. For it's in that covenant that God made with sinners that He revealed His great mercy to sinners. Abraham's son, Isaac was not put to death because God provided a substitute. The sons of Israel in Egypt were not put to death alongside the sons of the Egyptians because God assigned a lamb for their place. And you and I, brothers and sisters, we are not put to death because God gave the ultimate lamb his only Son, to lay down His life on the cross in our place. That's what God remembers. That's what God remembers every time He deals with us, every time we come to Him with our sin, and He especially remembers it as we eat of the bread and drink of the wine. And He calls us to remember that, beloved. We need to remember the crucified body of our Savior and the the shed blood which we consume by faith. And remember that as we consume that, we become united to Christ and God in His compassion wipes away our sin. We have to remember that. God is determined to clear away our guilt even despite ourselves, even despite our slipping and our sliding, even despite our sins of youth, whatever you're remembering right now, those sins of youth, even despite the transgressions of middle age or the iniquities of senior years, God is determined to wipe them out. And as we remember what God remembers, 
we must also remember what God forgets. David lays out a contrast in our text. In verse 6, he first appeals to Yahweh to remember something, His own great mercy and love. And then in verse 7, he asks the Lord to forget something. Forget the sins of my youth. Forget my transgressions. And to reassure himself, David appeals once again to the only source of help, to God's covenant commitment. He says, according to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Yahweh. David knows that God will do what he asks of God because God once made a promise to do what David is now asking, and God is a promise keeper if there ever was one. God is a covenant keeper. He never breaks His promises. He wrote about it, David wrote about it categorically in another psalm. We'll sing it a bit later. Psalm 103, the Lord has dealt with us in great compassion, not punished us according to transgression. He sweeps the sins away of all those who revere Him as far as east from west extends. He remembers our sins no more, you see. God forgets. He chooses to forget our sins. Well, brothers and sisters, if God chooses to forget them, should we not do so too? Once we've confessed them and repented of them, the sins of our youth, no doubt the memories may haunt us from time to time, but then when they do, take those memories to the cross and let them never frighten you again. Remember the pangs of sorrow that washed over the Lord Jesus Christ while He hung on Golgotha and let His pangs of sorrow wash away your pangs of regret. For those sins of old, they cannot weigh you down any longer. They've been forgiven. Instead, those old memories you've got, let them, let them become new incentives to learn the ways of the Lord and return to Him the love that He first poured out on us. Don't let those memories drag you down. Let them be a springboard to send you further in the way of the Lord. Remember that God Himself forgets to count against us our sin. So don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up for sins that are already paid for. But do something better and beat a path to the Word of God so that you can be a student in God's classroom to know His ways, to walk His pathways, and to be guided by His faithfulness. That's what we're celebrating at this meal here this morning. So come then, brothers and sisters, come and rejoice, remembering what God remembers, and also everything that God chooses to forget. Amen.